Marcast is made possible by Hayes Marketing and Digital, the recruiting experts in marketing and digital roles across Australia for a wide range of industries and job functions. You know, you have to distill strategy into it being absolutely simple, speakable, executable content for the frontline. Welcome to Marcast, the Marketing Mag podcast series. Each episode brings you in-depth, one-on-one conversations with some of Australia's sharpest marketing minds. Today, part one of Dave's chat with Mo Bargava, General Manager of Sales and Marketing at Village Entertainment and Top Golf Australia. Village Roadshow is not just an ASX-listed company, but it's an integral part of the Australian lifestyle and has been for over 60 years. The brand is perhaps best known for its cinemas, in fact, starting as a drive-in theatre business, for those that remember what a drive-in theatre is. I grew up in these cinemas. I have fond memories of my gran taking me for a pie at the Maya Cafe and then a movie at Village Centre in Burke Street. I had my first pash at a village cinema, as I'm sure many of our listeners did too. But as you'll hear today, cinema is just the tip of the iceberg. Village is a diversified media and entertainment company with cinemas, theme parks, film production and distribution, marketing services and more. They remain centred in Australia, but their expertise and services expand across the globe into the US and China and beyond. They're a highly innovative business, very marketing-oriented and continue to evolve to meet the needs of this and future generations of customers. So as we continue our deep dive into Australian marketing, I'm thrilled to chat with Mo Bhargava, General Manager Marketing and Sales at Village. Mo, g'day. Hi, Dave. Good to be with you. There's quite a few famous Mo's. <laughs> Indeed. There is uh, Mo Farah, the wonderful long-distance runner and four-time Olympic gold medalist. There was Zhao Mo, who, when he died in 122 BC, was the ruler of Southeast Asian Kingdom of Nanyu, which covers much of what we now know as southern China and northern Vietnam. And, of course, there was Mo Howard, the comedian actor, leader of the Three Stooges and the owner of perhaps one of the great bowl haircuts of all time. So, Mo, if you could interview any one of your namesakes, which of those three would you like to interview and why? Well, to be brutally honest with you, I would like to interview Mo from The Simpsons. I have shared way too many laughs and empathised with him as a character more, unfortunately, than any of those great personalities <laughs> you've, just, you've just covered off. So uh, I'd like to meet Mo from The Simpsons, to be honest. All right. Well, today we're looking for insight into modern marketing, and I think it's clear there's one Mo we should be talking to, which is you, Mo Bhargava, in the studio today. Mo, perhaps you could start by telling us a little bit about your current role and your responsibilities. Yeah, sure. So uh, as you've as you've covered off, Village Roadshow has has come a long way over the last sixty five odd years, and um, you know we've grown from a drive in cinema into being a leading exhibitor and a cinema operator in multiple parts of the world. We distribute film and co finance and co produce film with partners in the United States and in China, and we run theme parks and we have marketing services businesses. And most recently, we have also launched Top Golf, which is a concept that was originally introduced in the UK, but has since grown rapidly across the United States. My remit within the business is overseeing the sales and marketing functions for the cinema and the Top Golf verticals yep. in the company. 
And a vast component of that uh, aspect is really, you know, driving the out-of-home entertainment aspect of our portfolio. How long have you been at Village and where were you before that? I'm coming up to seven years at Village. Prior, I've held roles in media and, and agency in FMCG. So I actually started out selling Jim Beam to university students. So okay. um, the whole premise of that role was setting up a strategy. We took a leaf from Red Bull and they yeah. were very effective on campus. And um, uh, Australia is a unique country where, um, you know, unlike the US, we have these ginormous campus bars uh, which are the grassroots hub for campus social life and, and yeah. live music and entertainment. Um, and in those days, um, as I'm sure is the case now, Jim Beam was very focused on live music as a brand pillar. So we built this program called Jim Beam on Campus, scaled it across the country. And with that, I travelled around the country visiting university bars from places such as Toowoomba, Newcastle and Canberra, all the way through to you know your eastern seaboard and western seaboard major cities. That was a lot of fun. I didn't have a traditional grad role. I was I was on the ground working on the coal front with field sales marketing people and our sales marketing people, uh, working with venue managers on understanding uh, what their needs are and then most importantly actually delivering fun and entertaining experiences for young adults across the country. So that was the first induction into the marketing world. Um, from there, I went into agency for a few years and uh, worked across strategy and account management functions and and that was a lot of fun and then moved into media and I worked at Nova Entertainment had a range of roles there and the company was great they were going through this transformation it was a phase when most traditional media owners were trying to digitize and 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 go cross platform so there was some great success and some lots of learnings as well yeah and then 7 7 years now at village, at village. yeah yeah um I'm interested when you 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 talked about a non-traditional grad role and being in the field. Yeah, yeah. How do you, do you think that's formed, informed your approach and your your sort of views around marketing and effective marketing? Do you think that different path has, has been a positive for you or a significant influence? Yeah, look, Dave, I think for me personally, and as I speak with lots of my marketing colleagues and senior, senior managers across, um, you know, the Australian uh, landscape, your first job has a significant influence on you, no matter what type of work you do. So in my journey, it was a phenomenal influence on my thought process and, and the fact that I was actually out in the field and, and doing not just PowerPointing, but actually living the PowerPoint all the way through was a massive learning curve, you know. And um, also the what it really taught me was, you know, you have to distill strategy into it being absolutely simple, speakable, executable content for the frontline, which a human can deliver to their customer in a sales sense. So I think as a marketer, I started to understand the crossover and the importance of selling. And that was a real life lesson. And I'm, I'm very thankful for it. That has actually shaped my whole career, to be honest with you. I mean, I've, I've, I've consciously chosen roles that have uh, a commercial orientation to them uh, yeah. as opposed to a sort of ac- marketing academic bent. And I've, I've cherished it. You know, I, I like being close to the, the profit centre and I like being close to revenue. Yeah. Uh, and I believe that marketing going forward will 
gradually earn its rightful place being much closer to revenue in most businesses. Not just a cost centre, but a, but a driver of revenue. Yes. For the business, that's important for you as a marketer or for marketers. It's, it's exciting. It's energetic. It's, you feel connected within the business, not just some theoretical office out the back. Yeah. And look, you know, um, when you're in a room full of marketers, everybody will agree with that. Uh, I think the, the real challenge we have is ensuring that the industry at large and, and, and the C-suite and the boards actually start acknowledging that as well. So we're not there yet. Um, yeah. um, not, not there yet by particularly in, in a lot of categories. You know, it, it, the definition and the, and the role of marketing at the moment, I think, honestly, marketing and the definition and the scope of that function can vary between two organisations operating in the same category, let alone yeah. across multiple categories. So, um, you know, it comes down to the leader that you work for, your own influence and your own ability to, to actually drive sales. Mo, you're a marketer in an age of disruption. Um, technology has and continues to impact every business, arguably without exception. And you're also a marketer in an industry of disruption, media and entertainment, impacted by technology perhaps as much as any other industry. Are these external factors that we might see from the outside, are they as, as real as they seem? Is Netflix really killing cinema? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. And, and frankly, it's not the first time I've been asked this question. So um, there's a few things to understand. One is, you know, yes, you're right. There is a significant amount of disruption happening in the media and entertainment um, landscape. The, the three things that hold true is one is people are consuming more video content today than they ever have. Consequently, there's more video content being produced today than there ever has. And, and, and as part of that, there is actually more film being made today than there ever has been. And the third part of that is the media, whilst I empathise with the objective view that Netflix may be killing cinema, I don't actually think that they fully understand why people go to the cinema and yep. why people choose Netflix. Yep. Um, there may be some crossover, but truthfully, um, you know, we are, as a cinema operating business, seeking your time and your share of spend when you're considering leaving your house. And we're against a, you know, there's a broader challenge where the whole ecosystem is encouraging you to stay in your house. Yep. So if you looked at the home delivery businesses today and, and online streaming and, and, and you know, so as a, as a collective ecosystem, we're being told to stay in our house. Yep. Um, and but in our intrinsic DNA as humans, we are pack animals and eventually uh, there is a desire to leave your home. So cinema's core focus is actually, and our business is built on your on Thursday to Sunday after our, after our trading, yep. apart from school holidays. Those are not the zones where Netflix is dominating. Netflix is really your transit viewing, your weeknight viewing and your binge viewing uh, where Content is really, this is partly what we learn and see from speaking to people in the industry and, and whatever little research and information Netflix shares. Um, but primarily, there is a shift when you're in the house as to whether you're watching Netflix or whether you're watching something else. Uh, when you choose to go out, you know, the competition we have is restaurants, sporting events, uh, any other form of live entertainment and, and what we need to do as a business is ensure that we are delivering you a richer-than-home experience fundamentally and then something that is of value and relevance that you choose to spend your entertainment dollar with us as opposed to some other form of out-of-home entertainment option. 
you know, if you looked at the business overall, we have been consistently uh, delivering over $1.2 billion in box office in Australia as a whole uh, consist- over the last three years. That number has not moved. Right. Uh, you know, admissions do sort of, you know, go up and down by margins of 5 to 8% year on year. Uh, that is a content-driven issue. Yep. We'd love to have two Star Wars episodes every year. It just doesn't happen. Yep. But intrinsically, the core pipeline and the core function of our business is fueled by several factors. Family-going audiences are very healthy in our category, and that's a significant part of our business. And speak to any mother with a young child, and I can assure you she will want to leave the home at some point, no yep. matter how good the Netflix quality is. You speak to senior citizens, we're an aging population. I think I read somewhere 48% of our population now is over the age of 50 that is a category that has its habits formed and cinema is very much part of that category. So we are servicing our, that category at our, in the best way possible as well. Immigration helps our business as well. So, yeah. you know, um, a lot of businesses uh, find that to be a challenge. We operate in a global content game and, uh, and there's an affinity towards cinema going in a lot of the emerging markets and particularly Asia. So when we see migrants, com- migrants coming in, yep. um, that fuels our business. So... So speaking specifically on behalf of cinemas yeah. in this instance, I don't fully subscribe to the view that Netflix is killing cinema. It is changing the landscape overall of content consumption, absolutely. Yep. Um, but our philosophy is very much about we need to deliver great experiences at home and the film itself is only a part of that experience. Netflix compete on the content level, but it's so much more than that. Yeah, I mean, look, if you've had a long week and, um, you know, you, you and your wife just want to chill out, um, we do believe Gold Class offers you that option yep. where you can just escape your worries, come in, be indulged and and just switch off. And and, and that is a – people are looking for that today. You know, yeah. people do want to switch off. You know, you're, you're home, you turn your lights off, you make some popcorn, you're still at home. And that means your chores are still in the back of your mind. Yeah. You know, you can see that load of, load of washing that needs to get done. So that notion of being switching off, it's affordable, it's accessible. You don't have to get on a plane and go to an island to switch off. That is the beauty of our business. As soon as you said switch off and escape and, and the washing still piling up, I straight away thought of holidays and that's yeah. one of the great things about them. You physically remove yourself from the from that day-to-day yeah. life, the drudgery, if if you like. And your point about it, it being a much more low-cost, affordable, accessible option to go yeah. to the cinema is it? Yeah, absolutely. It's very true. And, you know, in the end, the numbers don't lie, you know, where Australia still does 85 to 90 million movie ticket sales a year. You know, you compare that to any sporting code, be it the AFL or the NRL, where times 10 is a multiple in terms of admissions in live games or yeah. live events. So, you know, there there is an appetite. There's a habit of movie going. We need to cultivate it. We're not resting on our laurels and there's yeah. constant innovation in the space. You talked about innovation, of course. You know, there's two sides to every disruption. There's the disrupted and the disruptee and you're not yeah. sitting around just waiting to be disrupted, are you, as a business? You've yes. talked about Top Golf, which is a new product. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. So, look, Top Golf is uh, a very interesting concept. I've I've tried to use local analogies to explain um, the essence of it. The best one that seems to resonate so far is it's like the big bash to cricket, but unfortunately for golf, it's not owned by the code. It's a privately held business. It's customer-driven innovation at its best. If you looked at golf as a whole, the sport is flat or declining at best. You know, I, I heard someone the other day who's an active golfer say to me that 
you know, golf is not something you take up, you inherit it. So, yeah. and it becomes a legacy thing, right? And um, so, so I was like, okay, well then by default, it's a diminishing model unless people keep having lots of kids and all of them pick up golf, which is not happening. Yep. It takes a lot of time. So we've, like the Big Bash, cut that back. You can come into Top Golf uh, and literally hit some balls for half an hour if you so chose. You need to have clubs. Uh, in Top Golf, you don't. We provide the clubs. Um, you need to know the rules. Golf is, golf is quite complex. We've simplified the whole thing to it being more like 10-pin bowling. Everybody needs to know how to golf to go to golf course because it's quite polarizing. Uh, in Top Golf, that's not the case. In fact, uh, a recent stat from our partners in the United States uh, alluded to the fact that only 15% of people going to Top Golf are active regular golfers. Yeah. So, so you know, Top Golf is actually growing the game of golf and we're bringing people into it. Yeah. Um, and the other aspect is um, the fact that, you know, it's so, you know, we've covered intimidation, time, uh, cost, um, and, and, and then it's multidimensional entertainment, which is what young people are seeking today. So you go into a Top Golf, not only is the experience about hitting some golf balls, it's fully digital. Every ball is an RFID chip, so it's it's completely gamified and it, it amplifies your entertainment experience. You can have great fruit, food and drink delivered to you at your bay, uh, which is part of the entertainment aspect. You can watch live sport on your bay or turn around and there's a, a sports bar, there's rooftop bars. Uh, so, you know, we've created this complex where uh, if you and I went there, Dave, and you were an active, um, you know, you were an avid football supporter, you could still watch the game. Yeah. You're not missing out on anything. And that's that's the whole aspect of group activity today yeah. is that young millennials don't want, don't want to miss out on anything. So we are trying to provide an, an environment where you can watch whatever you want from sport to music to, uh, to experiencing great food and drink at the one place. And if you want to go hit some golf balls, have at it. That's what's been the driving force behind it. Uh, and so far, it's um, yeah, it's showing some very promising results. Yeah. So, t- tell us a little bit about that. How old's the business in Australia, and where where do you see yourself on that growth journey? Sure. So, so Top Golf uh, is about um, well, we opened in June, so only a few months um, old in Australia, uh, on the Gold Coast. So, it's adjacent to the Movie World Park um, up there. You know, so far we've had about one hundred eighty thousand people come into Top Golf already, and and just to give you a sense of a benchmark. Um, you know, there's half a million people in Australia that have a handicap. That's holistic. So, so you know, we're in a very strong tra- trajectory to to sort of have more top golfers within year one with one location in, one in Queensland. one location than right across yeah, the country. Correct. A, yeah. So, so that's that's been the journey so far. It's exceeded our expectations. I'm not at the liberty to reveal our own internal targets. Yeah. But we're well ahead uh, of where we need to be in that regard, and um, and we have a very active. Well, very aggressive target, rather, to, to open a certain amount of top goals in the APAC region, which is part of our licensing obligation. So, so we're, we're out there looking. Exciting times. Indeed. What a, what a, a little bit about Top Golf and your and your go to market strategy, your marketing communication strategy. What are you doing to yeah. get the voice out? Top Golf in its in its um, in its genesis is a very well known brand in the U.S. So, if you and I were in the U.S. today. And you, you said to somebody, "Hey, let's go to Top Golf." It's kind of like saying, "Let's go to an NBA game." No one's going to say, "What's that?" Correct. Um, so, so we had to work with our American counterparts to to help them understand that you know, there's not many people know about Top Golf in Australia. So, yeah. so the launch campaign was very much about above the line media. Uh, we invested in all the channels that you would normally to to drive awareness, and and a vast majority of those are traditional channels. 
but as as we progress in the business, we are very much a digital business with one-to-one customer communication being at its core. So when you enter Topgolf, you get a membership card right away and that's and everything that you do in the venue is associated to that card yep. gameplay and and the rest of it so the business is underpinned by with a strong data strategy and and the the launch strategy and the sustenance strategy are very different so as we as we mature in the market we will move more to a one to one marketing model but the launch very much in every territory will be what you would expect without a home and, 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 yeah, and TV. Just and, like you need to do to establish a correct, brand. Correct, correct. Yeah. And, you know, we constantly measure the, the brand health and awareness and, and we'll inject more support as needed. But from a local market standpoint, the job has been done and we feel that the brand has good recall and, and, and an unaided, unaided awareness. Um, now the job begins in terms of actually driving the business like you would a cinema or a hotel business. It's about recency yeah. and frequency, cross-selling and upselling, yeah. uh, and that in our world is really about CRM and, and direct marketing. With the advantage of after one visit knowing who your customer is, correct, having that contact and having a little bit of data about them and, a, and a, both both about their demographic but also about their experience at your at, at Top Golf. Um, how they've performed, what they're doing. Some yeah. you mentioned gamification earlier. Yeah, absolutely. And look, you know, Top Golf is, uh, you know, the beauty of this business is it's it's very young. So there's no there's no baggage. There's no legacy tech stack. There's no and the guys are building stuff that is is really about personalization and customer service at every every touch point. Every system has been built with a view of knowing enough about the customer so you can communicate to them in a relevant way. So going back to your point, um, when customer messaging is being set up, it is informed by your visitation. It is informed by what you actually did in the venue and what you liked and what you didn't like. And, um, and all those things play a part. Is there a potentially a, a social aspect to that as well? If, I've, if you and I have gone for a game of top golf. And then you go back on your own and you've improved your score or you've hit some new heights and now I'm feeling bad because I've missed out and I'm falling behind you and so I want to visit in order to catch up. Yeah, absolutely. Look, there's three aspects of, uh, of social that underpin the strategy. So going back to the top, uh, one aspect of um, social, the, the social component is really that the whole business is Instagrammable. Yeah. And that's been a core strategy. So when you come in, you know, I'm yet to meet anybody that's not overwhelmed by the sense of scale of this venue. It's 11 acres. A lot of people, when they see the see the ads, they think it's a simulation driving range. Yeah, it's a real driving right. range. The food itself is is an aspect of that. We know people love to to share and amplify yeah. what they're about to eat. So it's very gamified. You know, you order a. Amazing cocktails, they come in golf bag-shaped glasses that you want to share with your mates and all that sort of stuff, right? So it's, it's designed to do that stuff. The second aspect is we have social media walls within the venue, so we do encourage people to yeah. hashtag and to, to take content and we amplify it with them. Uh, and the third component is uh, we have tech that's been built in where you can actually track your own performance in yeah. the app. So you are competing not just with your mates but everybody else. And look, not everybody is motivated by that, but active active top golfers will be. And yep. and and uh, we believe that the first measure of improvement is comparing yourself to yourself, yep. which is what the tech allows you to do. And then gradually, we are starting to build uh, gamification around competitions, and uh, and competitiveness is being amplified through social and tech as well. I have six questions that I need you to answer. Okay. In under 60 seconds. <laughs> sure. A brand really getting it right. 
Uber. And someone getting it wrong? Ooh, no comment. The best marketing strategy ever? Nike. The biggest change in marketing in the past few years? Purpose. The leading marketing writer, blogger, practitioner. If I was going to follow someone and listen to what they're saying, who would I listen to? To yourself. Marketing in just a few words. Common sense is not that common. Thanks again to Mo for giving up his time to appear on Marcast. In episode two, we continue the discussion, learning how Village is disrupting its own cinema business to cater to a wider, more discerning customer base, how Australia's diverse population presents new opportunities, and Mo's defining career moments and core marketing beliefs. Stay up to date in the meantime at marketingmag.com.au. Marcast is made possible by Hayes Marketing and Digital, the recruiting experts in marketing and digital roles across Australia for a wide range of industries and job functions. For the latest insights on what it takes to be a marketing director, download the Hayes Report, DNA of a Marketing Director, at hayes.com.au.